Here we go. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia on OurGenerationRadio.com. You are now live from the Midnight Circus. This is Lahamadu, and I got a great show for you today. Today, we're going to bring you three hours of the best of indie blues. These are the artists who are out there creating new original music rooted in the blues. These are the innovators, not the imitators. And this is the voice of indie blues. This is the show that showcases these artists and embraces the diversity of music that always has and still is being created from the roots of the blues. We've got some great new artists to introduce you to, and all you got to do is sit back and relax. Of course, if you hear something that excites you or moves you, you know what? Check these artists out. Find out where they're playing, because there's a good chance they're going to be somewhere near you sometime. So, in the meantime, kick back, relax, because I aim to misbehave. Fragile peace and certain war. Fragile peace and certain war Peace. A certain war. 
Leaves me stranded 
disappeared on me Oh, just when that virus came around Yeah, my baby disappeared on me When that virus came around It's been a bad time for us people But the blues are cleaning up all over time Nothing was ever meant to last 
One day you've got it all Then it disappears so fast And it seems our love You know our love is always on and off again You say you wanna quit me But I'll tell you a quitter never wins You walked out on our loving But I stayed through thick and thin And after all the things we've been through You're gonna tell me it's the end But being in love Being in love is on and off again Yeah, I know you wanna quit me, baby But you know I quit like nowadays that love's just a word that no one means you said you'd never leave me but you packed and walked out on me so it seems our love it seems our love is always on and off again Yes, I know you wanna quit me now, baby But a quitter will never win
to be a bad, bad boy. Don't have to be bad no more I learned my lesson Long time ago me all by myself Father died Well he left me all by myself Now I ain't got nobody Sit down Talk to me
Let strangers in my hole Go ahead then, man Go, go ahead and do it then Well, I climbed out I was too old What? Don't tell me that now I've been down there With strangers in my hole What? Well, I climbed out I was too old Come on with it now Come on with it now Come on with it Pay for this What? I left down with only one kid Come on with it now Let me hear it with it We had a boy named Jimmy, Jackie, and Joe You mean to tell me all the boys are with you? After them three I didn't have no
artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution.
Love strums those heartstrings. Some days it's filled with joy and all is well. But other days it's a bit of hell. When feeling good outweighs the doubt. So that's what love is all about. I got this angel from above. I always say that we're in love. And when she gets close, I feel a rush. I can't resist her tender touch. But when her eyes don't be with mine, it makes me crazy every time. She smiles a smile that pulls me in. That's when I feel that swing begin. Now I can't elevate or drop. I can't let go and I can't stop. And if I'm queasy deep inside, I try to just enjoy the ride. I'm riding mood swings. Love strums those heartstrings. Some days it's filled with joy and all is well. Other days it's a little bit of hell. But feeling good outweighs the doubt. Then that's what love is all about.
from his brand new release and we got Andy on the line right now hey Andy how you been I'm great Rich how are you I'm doing pretty well now you've been on the show before but you know we always like to give our fans this opportunity to kind of get to know who you are and and find out what you've been up to you know since the last time we talked so give us the story of Andy Peak. well I uh, started out uh, you know been junior high my uh the uh i came from a, mu- a music family my mom was a church organist my dad was a minister and uh i was standing in the aisle after church one day and the high school band director overheard me tell a friend of mine that i owned a snare drum and he said uh, you're coming up to band on monday because i'm going to audition you for the uh band and uh, i went up and uh and uh you know auditioned and he kind of went oh yeah yeah you probably you got quite a bit going on so i got real involved in high school music program did well with it you know i was band president i took went to regional and state contests right off the bat because i had a lot of background when i was at home we listened to everything from uh, broadway to ray charles to uh, uh jazz 
Um, you know, of course, there was church music around that uh, I couldn't help but to hear because I was in church every week and uh, at, at least once a week. And uh, um, and it was, you know, it was pretty diverse as far as what we got exposed to. Uh, of course, the Beatles came along and I got on the pop uh, music bandwagon and uh, and um, was playing in bands before I was out of high school playing with the with the older guys the college kids and some of them had already gotten turned on to uh blues and uh, uh more um rootsy types of things and so in addition to the uh, top 40 radio that i was listening to they were feeding me this stuff like paul Peter, paul butterfield and uh, uh james brown and uh stuff that uh, my other high school buddies were not listening to for the most part. So I went on to, into college, was a music major in college, played in a band uh, in college, and uh, turned out there were some really good guys in the band. One of the guys in my, my, co my college uh, band went on to work with uh, in Frank Zappa's band. Uh, so the quality of musicians that I was surrounded by already at that point was really good. And uh, um, left that uh, in, the, in the middle of my junior year. I decided I was a rock star, not a high school band teacher. And uh, I moved to Gainesville, Florida during the uh, uh, Tom Petty uh, mud crutch days. And the Allman Brothers were king and, and uh, uh, worked through that for years. And... Uh, and then I got uh, hired into a band uh, back in Colorado that was a working band. That was actually, everybody was getting paid a weekly sum. And I thought, oh, this is, this is, uh, this beats, you know, playing for, uh, you know, playing in strip bars and, and uh, getting paid tips and, and so on and so forth. And uh, so I went on the road with that. Uh, and uh, then in, uh, late 80s uh i got offered a job uh working uh for an artist in nashville a couple of my friends that i'd known from colorado had moved down to nashville and they were working with a girl named nicolette larson uh who had had a pop career uh los angeles based and she'd kind of crossed over into country music and they said we need a drummer for nicolette's band would you uh, be interested in do it and i said sure i you know i I live in Colorado, but I'll work out of Nashville. And uh, so I came down and uh, went to work for Nicolette and got to Nashville and went, oh, you, this is where, this is where the adult musicians live. This is not just playing <laughs> in key areas and, and stuff like that. So I made the move to Nashville and uh, climbed the ladder, worked in, in and out of uh, session work and touring and so on and so forth. and. Uh, that's been pretty much my career since then and always was a singer always was a, a writer to some extent uh, but most of my work uh, through the uh, 90s and into the 2000s uh, and all, all the time before that for that matter was as a was as a backup musician and only uh, within the last few years did I decide decide to try and step forward and uh, become an artist um, so I took some of the songs that I had written over the years and put them together with some new material that I'd written, picked out a few cover songs that I liked that fit what my background was and threw them onto a, a hard drive and, and 
put out the album Mood Swing. So that's kind of what's brought me here at this point. Okay. Well, let's talk about your songwriting and, and your process. You know, Nashville has a very... Um, how can I say it? Um, structured way of, of approaching that craft of songwriting. You know, you make appointments to do co-writes. You do, you know, it's a very structured environment. You have writing times, and they really take it serious there. And every writer has their way of tapping into that muse. What What is your process when you start to write? You know, Rich, a lot of what uh, inspires me to write is the mood of the of the song the 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 groove of the song because I'm a drummer first and foremost and a lot of times if I have an idea for a song I'll think I want to do something that's like um, uh, a uh, for instance an Algero song or a Muscle Shoals the uh, six three four five seven eight nine muscle shoals groove or uh, something that's got a little feet uh, uh, groove to it or uh, Steely Dan or James Cotton or any you know any number of things but a lot of most of the time my song ideas start out from the feel of the song the groove that, that I create musically and then as I start to get a rhythm and so forth, I'll put together a couple of verses and, and choruses in that rhythm, and that's when the lyrics and the chord progression start to come to me at that point, after I've already kind of created the bed rhythmically of what I'm doing, which is different from a lot of people. Okay. A lot of people that I've worked for as a sideman, they come in with a song, and I end up saying, well, what do you want this to feel like? And uh, so I kind of come in backwards uh, from what a lot of people do songwriting. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, when it comes to lyrics, I mean, lyrics is very structured. You got a story, you got continuity, you got rhyme, you got rhythm, but melody is a little different. And I think a, a lot of writers like to have that groove to find the melody um, because, it, you know, it's easy to find them with, with just a groove. You're not restricted. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people will... I mean that's what uh, uh, that's why uh, band in a box was there originally because people were able to set up a, a a drummer playing a beat and that helped them to put together an idea and uh, but for me obviously I didn't use band in a box I sat down <laughs> and started uh, playing something um, which I love I mean I love feels I love the you know coming at it from a rhythmic standpoint. Now, you know, um, a lot of songwriters have embraced the technology today to, you know, um, in their as tools in their writing, um, whether it's, you know, the phone, of course, to, you know, capture their ideas or, you know, they have their own home recording studio to kind of lay out these grooves and, and, and structures. Uh, what are some of the uh, tools you like to use when you sit down and write? Um... Well, I uh, um, I play enough guitar and enough piano to be able to cre create my chord progressions. So once I've created a groove, uh, I'll often uh, uh, sometimes I'll sit down with uh, with somebody who is a, who is a better guitar player than I am, 
and I'll and I'll show them what the progression is, so they can play the song from beginning to to end without uh, without having to stumble over it, and. I'll give them a, a click track or a drum track that I've already played and say, this is what's going to happen over that. And uh, Sometimes they'll come in and I will have, I will have sketched something out on uh, my computer workstation uh, so they can walk in and say, oh, I see, I get it. And then we'll tweak it as we go along in order to make the chord progression uh, uh, more a little more sophisticated than it was a lot of times when I first started and things, and uh, the melody comes for me just like it does for uh, for anybody, uh, uh, you know, any songwriter. I uh, like I said, I started out uh, as a kid listening to all kinds of different things, and there's a lot of uh, I, you know you sit back in back of a band for years and you. You pay attention to the people that are in front of you. Uh, you're a drummer back there, and you're you're seeing some people that are really good, and you're seeing some people that aren't really good, and you're seeing some people that inspire you and that get it, what a really good melody is, and how to plug it in, and how to sell it to people. And if you if you really enjoy it, and if you're really paying attention to it, then those things go into your subconscious. And so when I whether I sketch it out on a, on a workstation like a Pro Tools type of thing or whether I sketch it out on my handheld uh, phone recorder or just sit down with somebody, uh, I'm, I, I, I put the ideas down myself, the, the basic ideas, and then I utilize my friends for the most part in order to make things more sophisticated. I have a few people that I used on my solo album that were, were, were critical uh, members of the team in order to help me get things put together um, and uh, sometimes I'll be in a band situation and I'll say this is what the chord progression is and everybody else picks up on it from there so it depends I've got a, a, a number of different outlets that I've used and a number of different pathways that I've gone in order to put songs together for my recordings okay well let's talk about the studio a little bit you know um Having a good song gives you something to say, but going into the studio creates the voice not only for the song, but also you as an artist, that sound that identifies you. Um, when you get in that environment, what is your process that allows you to capture your sound? Uh, hmm. Familiarity with the people that I'm working with a lot of times. Uh, you people like working with other people that, that you, as you go through the process you meet people who share your interests you get together and you write with people that share your interests you listen to other people that may be a writer that you say I like what this person does and so you collaborate with uh, people in those situations to uh, to help you get to where you want to go so there is that when you can discuss it with other people what it is that you want to try and create sometimes uh i have uh, there's a song that you've been playing on the uh the uh um, midnight circus that uh i mentioned uh six three four five seven eight nine which is you know wilson pickett song right and when i 
sketched that out and I sat down with some people. That's I played that song for them. And I said, now the chord progression's different and the melody's different and the horn parts are different, but this is where we're going to go with this. And it's got a, you know, a groove that uh, is going to you know, take us uh, there. There are things like, uh, I mean, so it doesn't sound exactly like that and you wouldn't necessarily think of that if you listen to my song, but it was definitely part of the sketch. I've listened to things like the Neville Brothers that rhythmically I loved what they would do with something and I sat down to write a song with some friends and said you know take for instance this Neville Brothers song or take for instance I mean for that matter uh, um, uh, the uh, some of the Latino uh, stuff that's out there let's use those for our templates for something like this and so I'll play things for other people or I will just call it to their attention say you remember that song you know that Beatles song you know that Stone song you know that uh, uh, that Keb Moe song uh, and uh, just bring those bits and pieces to people and they can grab their own bits and pieces and we all we put the pieces together like a jigsaw okay now um, let's talk a little bit, little bit about getting it out there. Now, you're working with uh, Karen uh, Lippinger. Um, Leipziger. Leipziger. I always yeah. mispronounce her name. I just can't. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's, a town, there's a city in uh, uh, Germany called Leipzig. That's uh, that's what the, the Leipziger. That's her name. So, okay. Yeah, but she's a she's a great publicist. She's worked, as you know, she's worked for a lot of great uh, artists over oh, the yeah. years the publicist and uh uh yeah she she's she's the, she's the good stuff you know she really knows what she's doing but uh, yeah getting it out there yeah now you know had, go ahead i had very little clue you know i'd sat around nashville and and put bands together and so forth and i thought how do i get this uh into the nashville scene magazine how do i get a review of this uh, why does npr review things on uh, on new artists and so forth. I'm going, how do you get that stuff out there? And uh, I got a chance to sit down with her at one point, and she said, well, this is a big part of it. What I do is a big part of it. It's not all of it, but it's a big part of it. And you realize that people who are uh, who pay attention, that do the, the, the reviews, that, that do the charts, and so on and so forth, they're used to getting contacted by people who are professionals, are in the business of getting that stuff out there. So that's a thing, that's a part of it I didn't understand. Right, right. Now, you're, you're in Nashville. I mean, that's a music business town. I mean, everything revolves around the music industry. And, I mean, let's face it, it's not cheap to put out a product. You know, uh, going into the studio, hiring a publicist, all of that takes money. It takes a lot of resources. And we're at a point now where the consumer no longer looks at recorded music as a product. You know, they have embraced streaming as a way to consume music. Uh, they're consuming more. They're paying less. And it really has hurt the independent artist. How are you dealing with this shift in perception of the consumer uh, from a product to a service? How is that affecting you as an artist? Um, well, that's a good question uh, because uh, the the album that I put I I produced this album for band 
the past. I had a band called Big Shoes, and I produced a couple of albums for them. And we started to get that out there, and we started picking up work for that band uh, before there was such a thing as COVID. And when COVID hit, I decided to go ahead and, and do my solo album at that point. And uh, I put it together. I got it out there with the help of a publicist. Uh, I got some really good press and was just at a, about at a point where I thought, all right, I'm going to go out and start performing as a, as a, an artist at this point, more and more as a result of the success, relative success that I've had as a result of this. And then as these this year has drawn to an end, and now we're looking at uh, here on December 20th, uh, 2021, we're, we've got a new variant and people are, are starting to flinch and there are people who are, uh, there are tours that are being either pulled back or, or postponed or canceled and at a point where I thought I was going to be able to get it out there as an artist I'm having to rethink all of that so I'm really in process at this point and which is why uh, when you were talking to me earlier a, a little bit uh, and the, the topic of NFTs came up uh, it kind of got my interest up uh, so we'll see what, what, what goes on with that uh, I'd still love to be able to get out and do more uh, uh, live performance myself, but where everything is kind of the brakes are, are on slightly a little bit at this point to uh, to see where it's all going to go. Yeah, well, I mean, let's face it that you know performing out and performing live and touring that's really the revenue stream for for an independent artist. Yeah. Um and you know when COVID hit. A lot of independent artists started to gravitate to doing live stream shows. Uh, they started working their social media. They started yep. to um, connect with the fans in yep. a way that that really was unprecedented up to this point. You know, you you look at some of these platforms that have evolved over the last couple of years, like TikTok and Clapper, and you know these these. Um, platforms that allow the fans to kind of uh, interact with you um, online. You know, like Tim McGraw goes up and he looks for people that are doing his stuff and, and, and comments on them. You know, hey, it sounds great. You did a great arrangement, yada. You know, uh, Taylor Swift, you know, she's constantly out there, you know, uh, interacting with her fans. And this seems to be what the fans want now. They want more than just a playlist. They yep. want to invest in the artists themselves. And it's gotten to the point where the product has moved from the music to the brand. People want to invest in that brand, who you are as a person, as well as who you are as an artist. And do that, you know, they're, they're utilizing content creation and social media uh, and so on and so forth. How are you negotiating this new world as far as, you know, this content creation world? Well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm right at the, at, the, at the starting line on it uh, because I don't, uh, I don't really have a handle on it much at this point. Um, I do see things that are happening. I do think that there's some, well, you know, I'll give you an example. I mean, even within just the last couple of months, uh, I have a daughter who is a uh, aspiring, I should 
shouldn't necessarily say uh, aspiring, but she's a, a mid-level pop artist at this point who mm-hmm. uh, a couple of months ago, uh, as far as the activity that she had been getting, uh, she got a lot of uh, activity on TikTok on a, on a song that she had. And then later on, she was uh, featured along with uh, um, um, Adele and um, as far as new ads and new activity and so forth. But she's still not really seeing any commerce as a result of it. I mean, she's got she's in the, the millions of, of listens at this point on Spotify. OK, well, that's um, impressive. And her name is Emlyn, E-M-L-Y-N. And uh, she's very good at what she does and so forth. But she still doesn't have a... a you know, she, she, um, she's not out there performing uh, at this point much, uh, just local shows and so forth. And so she doesn't really have uh, a much of a, of, a, uh, of a pathway to uh, income at this point yet, even, even with all the interest that she's been getting and all, all the ads and so forth that she's gotten. She, uh, she made more, uh, she probably made as much or more money off of uh, um, some songs that she had on Coffee House Channel when she was a younger artist than she has from Spotify. So she's trying to figure it out too. And, uh, and uh, so I don't, uh, I don't really have the answer yet. So I'm, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to looking at uh, Richard's uh, explanation of NFT at this point to see <laughs> if that's where I have to, where I need to go. So uh, I, I can all, I can hope that the that the live performance thing will come around. I do know that there's still a fair amount of income to be made from merchandise, mm-hmm. but people have got to want, they got to want you, and I guess that's part of the brand that you're talking about. Too. Right, right. Um, well, I mean, let's face it: if someone's going to wear your name, their your name on on their body, they have yeah. to invest in that brand. They have to believe in. Not only you as an artist, but you as a person. I think that's right. really what the fans want now. They 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 have this reality show mentality, where they're looking at these artists and they want to know who they are. They want to feel that they know them. That the artist not only do they know the artist, but the artist knows them. You know what I mean? That yep. that that two sided connection. Uh, yeah. And I think that's that's going to be what you know. That's the dance we're going to have to do in the future. Is yeah. is you know feel that give the uh, the fans that experience. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's. Uh, I mean, you, uh, certainly. I mean, if you look at K-pop, I mean, what's the? That's that's all about the, the brand. You know. Yeah. Uh, because uh, who knows if they even know how to sing at this point. Uh, uh, but they, they certainly know how to dance, and they certainly are the heartthrob of uh, millions of uh, of young ladies in the United States. So there's your brand. Uh, that's that's that, you know they're making some money at this point. They're getting all over to uh, not just you know, streaming media, but uh, terrestrial and uh, non-terrestrial radio, and, and uh, you know there there there's a great deal of interest in that. 
Oh, yeah. And, and let's face it, that's what they're selling. They're selling that brand, just like they did with, you know, back in our day with David Cassidy, the Monkees, the, yeah. you know, the Beatles when they first came out. It was all about the brand. It was all about yeah. selling, you know, that experience of, of knowing yeah. something, you know, being on the inside track kind of thing, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's the... That's true, and I, you know, I can certainly see it. But let me let me ask you a question. I know sure. this is your, your this is your interview, but uh, where does uh, um, where does creativity by the artist and our uh, art uh, and uh, craftsmanship come in there? I mean, is there room for that? Do you think? Well, you know, uh, it, it really comes down to. Um, no matter what the brand is, if the product is not there, or I'm not going to say the music is not there, there is not something that the the fan can find that um, re- relatable kind of um, thing that that a good song gives you. You know what I mean? When you hear a yeah. good song and there's a good lyric and you can relate to it, that's still the center. You know what I mean? That's still the the core. You know, and then the artist himself is is now circling around that core. That brand has got to be part of it, but it's still, you know, I still believe that the song is king. It will always be king um, because that's what people sing. That's what people hum. That's what they, you know, when it comes on, it brings the feeling of not only a, a place or a time, it yep. also brings the the artist into that into that world, that connection, yep. you know. The earworm, yeah. The earworm, and you know, I mean, for anybody who's uh, lived back then and watched the Beatles uh, uh, documentary that's been out there. Oh yeah, they get back. Watching. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the people are going. Oh, I remember. You know, I remember uh, Cheryl uh, Jones back in the. You know that uh, I was had to, was so. Uh, Intense on wanting to go out with her, and that song that the Beatles did won't made me think of it. You know, so yeah, the, the the song is definitely very important. That that's for sure. Yeah, but but uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of artists that, uh, you know, they're they one as one of my friends said. You know, my my CDs are, are million sellers. I've got a million of them in my cellar. <laughs> uh, I like and, uh, that. Yeah, what what that means is that there are people who are just doing it for the art, and uh, probably more than people. Certainly in Nashville, I see more people that are doing that just to show themselves they could do it. But uh, there's a certain there's a certain part of an artist who has the interest and the know-how to turn that into something that creates commerce for them that not every artist has. So uh, this being my first album and just exploring all of this with uh, with the first album that I put out, uh, as the publicity thing has gone down, and I've talked to my publicist and said, well, we got all this great publicity for it. We've got really wonderful reviews and so forth. How do I turn this into income? And she said, well, that's what the hard part is at this point. So let's, let's figure it out. So that's uh, part of the reason I guess we're having this conversation today, Richard. There you go. Well, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us. And uh, we're going to give everyone out there a double shot. 
and uh, they're gonna they're gonna love this. You guys out there, you may want to turn it up loud. Screw the neighbors. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have some fun. I know I will. Here you go.
got to pull yourself up out of that basement It sure is time for a hip replacement
independent artist or a fan that loves them making a scene.org is the place for you for the music fan we bring you in-depth interviews and cd reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music for the independent artist we bring you articles on music business recording techniques gear reviews and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the indie revolution. Behind the light, my shade. The ocean's in. 
like the drum you teach me to play My mind An algorithm of time and space We're stars and sunbeams We are the weather We'll never leave We're birds of a feather I wanna be wisdom, truth, respect and honesty I wanna be love, courage and humility I wanna be Yes, I wanna be Start listening to all the words we're saying here, not just the ones we wanna hear. We find ourselves in nowhere, so many pieces missing here. We can put them back together if we think about forever now, even if we're justified. Doesn't mean we can't compromise And just because we're giving in Doesn't mean we're giving up It only means we are forgiving It's the life we're living in Doesn't mean that we should stop It only means we are 
wanna make it real It's something that we gotta feel So let's rewrite this story We can make it what we want it to be Oh yeah We should start pretending love And we should start defending love Even if we're justified No, no, no Doesn't mean we can't
The moment you realize, how could there possibly be this many blues?
That way. 
You no longer have to hear the blues in a smoke-filled nightclub on the edge of town. It's a pleasant environment, but uh, but in the 21st century, uh, you know, you don't even have to leave the couch. Just turn on the TV, in commercials, or as theme songs, you will see and hear the blues are everywhere. I'm Elwood.
out on the side. was recorded earlier so the producer and cast didn't have to walk home in the dark.
colors up in my backyard Here's the blues scale. Now you sing it with me. Breathe. Now let's try it like this.
storms coming. You can just pull up your shows, curl up in a duvet, maybe even draw up a bath and see where the night takes you. That sounds real nice.
Snatch it back and hold it. 
that's it. That's my show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you heard some artists that you didn't know about and enjoyed some artists that you did. And remember, all of these artists that I played on this show are out there right now, touring and creating new original music rooted in the blues. If you want to keep the blues alive, you have to support the artists who are out there creating that new music. Because it is a living art form that is being performed every single night somewhere in the world. So, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingthescene.org. You can find out about some great new artists 